I mean, it goes without saying that without the customers, there's no business. So, so you want to do the right thing for the customers and you want to make sure that there's not only uh, satisfaction among customers, but also a loyalty. And there's only one way to make the loyalty and to create that. And that is obviously to have your audiologists do a good job towards the customers. But at the end of the day, uh, there's also a cost uh, associated with these services. But it's not just a bad thing that we cover the cost by uh, commercial business. This is this is how it works. As I said, uh, I think audiologists all over the world, they are, are these are just very much people with a big heart, people who just want to do that. And a lot of them are lousy business uh, drivers at the very beginning, initially, until they learn that this is actually this is also business. This is what they do, and they do it for the customer and for the hearing impaired. Welcome to episode 5 of the Hear Me Out podcast. Today we're joined by Neil Balin, the CEO and founder of Global Audiology Consulting. Joel has been a prominent figure in the hearing aid industry, hitting major departments at Oticon and Siemens. On today's episode, we discuss his journey in corporate life and his transition into consulting. We also discuss advice for budding audiologists looking to get into management and many other aspects of the trade. Thank you once again for tuning in. Now we'll let the show begin. Welcome to the show, Joel. Thank you so much for um, joining us on the show today. Thank you, Mike. Pleasure. Um, we'd love to just start out by getting a bit of your a bit of your story and how you got into the audiology industry. Um, yeah, we'd just love to hear a bit about that. So, so, uh, so my my professional background is in electrical engineering. Mm. And I did my master thesis back in uh, 86. And I did my master thesis within audiology, so making a, uh, a research project on uh, AGC systems, nonlinear systems at that point, which was not exactly what hearing aids did at that point, yes. but they were just starting. So, so, uh, so I, I, I already at that point I, I uh, uh, looked into the audiology field, and uh, since then, uh, really, I uh, my first job was as uh, an advisor in a consulting company. Um, a few years before I joined the Oticon Research Center uh, as a research engineer, uh, and uh, I mean, from then on, my my path was more or less locked. So it has been hearing aid and audiology ever since for like 30 years. Wow. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, so now you're currently in a position where you are running a new company that you've just launched um, about a few years ago um, called Global Audiology Consulting. Um, what was the vision and, and story behind that? Why did you decide to get out of the corporate line of work and get into more consulting and mentoring other people? Um, so first of all, I, I, I've, I've been working as a corporate guy for almost 30 years. I was, uh, I was 17 years with the Oticon as head of everything audiology, uh, basically. And, uh, and after that I joined Siemens in Singapore, um, uh, also doing, uh, a lot, uh, external relations, uh, key opinion leader management, mm. strategic project and and enjoyed that a lot so it has been very much what i have been doing always wow. um I, I i spent five almost five years in singapore with my family until uh, three years ago 
and mm. uh, and at that point in time we decided it was time to go back to Denmark uh, primarily because we had two uh, kids yeah. attending university and we wanted to go back so at the same point in time I also decided that after 30 years as a corporate guy I think time was up for me to do something probably a little bit different and uh, and I had had been thinking for a while that uh, uh, for 30 years I had been developing a network I have been working with key opinion leaders, with research institutions across industry and, and with everybody really in, in the hearing uh, industry. So, so I decided that uh, I wanted to try to do uh, some uh, consulting and advice for not only uh, the established industry, but not least for some of the new tech, some of the new tech companies that that we have seen evolving over the last five ten years, Wonderful. and so much interesting and exciting stuff is happening with these new technologies. And I was I was quite excited to start doing something for some of these guys, uh, wanting to move somehow from purely consumer towards a more hearing healthcare uh, field. And uh, and uh, so so that was basically the decision. And realized that the that the domain global audiology was available yeah. for me i and then i mean name was given and this is basically what i have been doing now for a couple of years you said you've been doing that role for quite a while um even within other corporations um you've been working with hearing aid companies for quite a while um what other new sectors in the hearing space do you think will be really driving innovation and change in the next few years that you're very interested in Over the last few years, uh, one of the uh, big uh, words, buzzwords, has been uh, OTC, uh, the over-the-counter uh, bill that that uh, will next year, actually 2020, in the US be um, um, implemented. And 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 uh, the, the 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 hearing aid community is somehow somehow a, a pretty conservative industry yes. so so we have been seeing a lot of development along the same path for many many years so i think the otc uh, bill is is interesting in the in the sense that it, this may change things uh, to make uh, availability and 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 uh, probably also uh, lower prices for millions and millions of people wow. who uh, cannot afford or do not want at this point in time to have a hearing aid. Mm -hmm. So so the OTC is interesting and it's interesting also because I think it's an opportunity, a, a very general and global opportunity. Uh, it's, it's probably going to grow the market and 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 uh, have people like myself people feeling too young to have a hearing aid or the need is not still there or um, i mean i'm I also meant the price but yes. there are so many new technologies that could be otc devices um, uh, that could be more interesting to people hearing bots intelligent bots bluetooth devices and and all these matters and since Technology has evolved so enormously over the last few years. Uh, everything is, is really possible and we've seen development within uh, wearables and we also now talk about hearables yes. uh, being, being the uh, audio uh, pangdang to the, to the wearables. So, so this, is, this is a step that I follow closely and that I'm very, very interested in. Mm. Um, yeah, because I've been talking with a lot of people and they've been saying that one of the 
three major areas um, stopping people from getting hearing aids is the stigma, the cost, and just not really knowing what the benefits are and what's available. And I think OTCs are possibly a new area which can help um, drive that and push innovation in that area. Um, are there any companies which you see are currently on the forefront of that and are really pushing the boundaries of that? Um, so quite a few companies have already been in that area. Uh, a few still are. Uh, it's 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 not an easy it's not an easy Absolutely, field. It's yes. not easy business. It's 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 very complicated uh, technology and uh, and uh, I I think it's very very important now to distinguish. Uh, what we have been seeing for many years already, technology is coming out of, of uh, not least China, uh, which has been um, available to a very low price and something that you could basically put in your ears and that would basically amplify sounds. But I think what we see today is something completely different and much, much more advanced. So, so, so we have quite a few companies uh, being Bose, mm. uh, doing interesting stuff. We see Sennheiser, we do see Jabra, uh, we do see the the Australian New Hera, mm -hmm. uh, and and a few more. But but those are basically the main competitors and the main players in in this field at this point. Do you point. think OTCs will help drive down the cost of hearing aids for the general industry, or do you think that's still going to stay the same and it's going to be a different sector? I tend to think that is going to be a different sector, okay. really. Uh, I'm not sure that the hearing aid industry uh, uh, is is really interested to go in that area. And I think the business model and, and the reason to be for the hearing aid uh, company, the industry today, is slightly different, really. And there are plenty, plenty, plenty of reason uh, to continue the same path for those companies. But I also see a huge opportunity for another kind of companies doing OTC technologies and 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 doing uh, different kind of devices so so I wouldn't expect really uh, to see at least not under uh, the well-known brands uh, the established uh, big five companies uh, entering into the OTC market uh, in the first place okay so it's a, you think it's going to be a different sector and there may be possible um, integration of big companies going there, but most likely not at the moment, at least at the front. So, so I think at least I would expect that the big companies they would be they would they would be uh, waiting a little bit, looking at what is happening, Absolutely. what is going on, and seeing whether or not it is it is how important it is. I would say to go into the OTC field, uh, uh, but there's no doubt that they pay a lot of attention to the OTCs, and they are all well prepared, and I'm sure <laughs> they have in the drawer ex exactly the technology needed. But the question is whether or not their business is really set up for that that kind of business or if they would rather uh, see that that uh, my expectation that what i said that it is a slightly different segment and it's not really going to threaten the existing industry so so it's complementary somehow and at some point they would like to take part also in, in that party uh, no doubt about that but not necessarily from day one so i've been working with um in high management and corporate world um, for people in maybe like 
currently in clinic who are interested in going into the corporate world or uh, moving up into middle management or higher management what are kind of the nuances that you would say to kind of be more self-aware when you're going into that those roles and before you go into those roles what are the things you should be aware of which is different to clinical life or things like that that's a good question. Yeah. So, so for many, many years, I have been the manager of um, uh, hearing patholo- pa- uh, speech pathologists, and and uh, coming from university with a very much not uh, commercial uh, approach to uh, the business. Yeah. So, so I, I think I think it's important to understand. Uh, uh, coming from a clinical setting, coming from a a, um, a clinical practice, or uh, and going into industry that that the industry is a commercial business, and uh, and we are here to make money. Yes. So it's not a bad thing to make money on on hearing aids and to do what we're doing. And I think a lot of people in the hearing aid field they just have a big heart. And they just want to be here to help all the people who are in need of hearing aids and and hearing um, uh, assistive devices. So so as soon as it becomes commercial, a lot of the people that I've seen over the years, they 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 tend to have a difficulty the very first years mm. uh, initially to understand that it is okay that it's a business and we sell these these things. So I think this is one thing that's important to consider if you want to make the move from a clinical setting into the industry, that it is a slightly different perspective. It's not less important to help uh, to help uh, the, the, hear, uh, the people who yes. need a hearing aid, but, 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 but also there's a slightly different perspective because in the industry, your customer is not the user. It's it's the dispenser and the audiologist. So so these are things that I, I believe is important to keep in mind when you make that journey. How do you audiologists keep in mind that you do still have to take into account that money is a factor because you're running a business and you do need to um, ensure that you're able to perform year after year? And how does management um, keep in mind that you have to serve the clients and serve the customers i mean it goes without saying that without the customers there's no business yes. so so you want to do the right thing for the customers and you want to make sure that there's not only uh, satisfaction among customers but also a loyalty and there's only one way to make the loyalty and to create that and that is obviously to have your audiologists and your professionals do a good job uh, towards uh, uh, towards the customers but at the end of the day, uh, there's also a cost uh, associated with these services, and and and, uh, and and the manager would would obviously have to 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 educate his new staff that that the office cost is going to be covered from somewhere. Absolutely. And uh, there are different, so many different models over the world. Uh, but but it's not just a bad thing uh, that that we cover the cost by by uh, by commercial uh, business. This is this is how it works. And uh, uh, I think it's it's a little bit a matter of just getting used to uh, this is fine, and and I think in in many parts of as I said, uh, I think audiologists all over the world yes. are, are these are just very much people with a big heart, Absolutely. people who just want to do the right thing. A lot of them are, 
and and a lot of them are lousy business uh, drivers <laughs> at the very beginning initially until they learn that this is actually this is also business first of all they want to do the right thing so as soon as as this is something that they they uh, realize and understand I mean, it's 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 daily business. This is what they do, and they do it for the customer and for the hearing impaired. Yes, um, yeah, because I've been noticing even in my course, um, I'm currently studying audiology, that a lot of my fellow students have very big hearts, and they're going, "Do I really have to sell? Do I really have to push? Do I really have to drive the money aspect?" Because that's the uncomfortable part. We're very okay with doing the doing the, the testing fitting but when it gets to the money part it, it gets a bit yeah. resistant yeah exactly and and you know i have i've had uh, been, i've been lucky enough that uh, i have been involved in setting up two new uh, master uh, uh, level audiology classes one in denmark and one in singapore wow. uh, both places that were the, 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 at that point that was not uh, audiology uh, master level so, so as part of that, uh, um, uh, I was very uh, concerned about having curriculum also involving the business part of it, because the audiology part of it is already there. Yes. But if they from the university, from the classroom already could get this sense of business that it is okay, this is what we do, this is how we drive our business, this is, I mean, the outset for everything we do, uh, then it's easier. It's some, not something that you have to get used to and 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 uh, and work your and, way and into. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 we, we actually uh, try to put that into the curriculum that uh, that the business part of it uh, should be involved included Absolutely. in 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 the. So there's a lot of stakeholders in the field of audiology, like the clients, the. Um, audiologist, middle management, and higher management. Um, so in your current role in global audiology, um, what are you generally working with at the moment? I'm, I'm primarily, I'm primarily working on a management level. Mm. So, so, so this is strategic uh, advising that I'm doing with the, uh, I'm working with a company who is currently doing the journey from consumer electronics towards hearing healthcare. Mm. They are having a, uh, they are doing an, an intelligent earbuds, which actually do um, compensate and and to make uh, listening easier in difficult situations. So it's it's very it's quite interesting in this field. But it's all it's all really strategic advising with with the management team, and uh, uh, that goes pretty much. Pretty much for all uh, uh, the companies I'm working with, except uh, since I have been in this field for so many yes. years, uh, I often also get involved in very low uh, technical discussions in terms of, of compression and oh, levels okay. of and I really love that. I mean, I love that. So, so with a lot of the startups, uh, uh, I, I do get engaged in some of these discussions as well. And, uh, and it's, it's quite funny, you know, because it's discussion that I have had in the industry for 20, 20 30, 30 years. years. <laughs> yeah. and, 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 and now we have new technology doing more or less the same thing. And they are interested in how do you do this? And how do we make sure wow. that this works? This and uh, so, so, so I would say on my palette, there's really a lot of different uh, levels, yeah. but but primarily, uh, mostly, it is on a strategic level that yeah, I that I 
come. Yeah, that's so funny that they're starting a few steps behind because they're brand new tech startups without the backing of the hearing aid companies who know all of that. Exactly. They know all of that and they are very, I mean, they make sure that, that uh, they keep that, uh, they keep that uh, to themselves, obviously, I mean, for good reasons, but, but I mean, um, it's, it's open, uh, available technologies and ideas have been there for many, many years. So, so, uh, so it's very satisfactory, actually, it's very satisfactory to be able to share some of these technologies, some of what has taken like 40 years to develop mm. in, in the established here. Uh, industry and 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 to make that available in different technologies which are just for different kind of uses more situational users being available to a completely different group of people a much much larger group of people who would like something that sounds good that they use in that specific situation when they listen to the television mm. when they do something specifically and and also i mean coming uh, working with these tech startups um, uh, there's no limitations in terms of technology so we don't discuss whether or not this is only made for iphone or this mm. is uh, also uh, working with android i mean we used bluetooth technology uh, in these in these uh, areas so it obviously communicates with, with everything bluetooth devices. yes so so it's it's a different approach to things and 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 quite quite interesting why do you think um, hearing hearing aids are still limited to maybe just iPhones or not even connected at all or things like that? Because like if you get the low end, maybe they're not even connected to iPhones. Um, why is it so available in the consumer electronics, but it's not available in the hearing aid sector? So there, there are there are a number of of very significant differences between these technologies. First of all, uh, some of these new tech, uh, technologies, Bluetooth technologies, they have a significantly larger battery. Yes. It takes a lot of current, uh, and and uh, it's it's it has not until recently been possible to implement that kind of technology in 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 in, in hearing aids and that's micro size of, of technology of hearing aids but we are seeing these days that that the, the hearing aids most advanced hearing aids they are communicating with both android yes. and uh, iphone but it is i mean only these days that this is happening it's a matter of uh, uh, it's a matter of uh, cost uh, it is definitely a matter of of um, a current budget, uh, because one of the things that the hearing aid manufacturers have been fighting for many, many years and competing in is really duration of 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 uh, uh, how uh, how long time does the hearing aid work on one battery, okay, yes. or does it need to be recharged? And everything less than you know. Uh, 10, 11 hours is not good enough. Absolutely. If you lose your hearing aid within six or seven hours, it's just not good enough. It works fine with different kind of technologies that you are not so dependent on. Yes. Uh, but until until technology is available that that can last at least eleven hours with streaming technologies available and and connecting to to all kind of Bluetooth, uh, they would rather not introduce it. That introduce it with a limited. Uh, uh, duration. Yes, because a lot of these technologies are draining a lot of battery and unless the battery or the capacitor um, technologies do improve quite significantly, it's quite hard to integrate it into small small chipset. So, and the interesting thing, and, and is there something that they are really good at in the hearing industry, so it is miniaturization. So they make everything very, very tiny and it works wonderfully. 
really. And and if you look at some of these new technologies, the, the earbuds, the smartbuds, it's really not an issue because you don't want it to disappear in the ear. It's it's not an issue. There's not this stigma yes. about it. It doesn't matter if people see it. Maybe it's even cool yes. if people see it. So you want to have something in your ears. It works. It has a wonderful sound quality. You can stream from any devices. And it has a huge battery because why not? Yes. There's a lot of room for that. So, so, so these are, are different forces working against each other in, in these different industries. Do you think there's room for hearing companies to move into like this kind of form factor with a bit more... Um, bit more body and a bit more room because number one there's no stigma people love love airpods and love hearing hearables and number two there's more space to put more components do you think there's a space to move into that kind of form factor i do i do think there's space for that kind of form factor but i also think that the hearing aid companies are still uh, very concerned about the stigma that they know is 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 around so so would they make a hearing aid that is visible like that if they can actually and they can make one which is so tiny that it almost disappears and does what it does because this is a different segment so the question is if mm. it would be possible to send sell your device at a price which is satisfactory for the hearing aid industry or if they use their resources smarter by focusing on the established hearing aid categories Absolutely. which has different criteria and success criteria really so 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 i i think i mean if they if the hearing aid companies had unlimited resources and of course they don't uh, they would do everything yes but this is probably an area where they don't need to go until margins are as interesting and they're never going to never going to be as interesting mm. uh, of course this is this is one of the reasons why uh, these new technologies are interesting yeah. they are cheaper for the consumer uh, and and uh, and um, so so margins are lower uh, in in all levels ah okay um so you've been working with a lot of new tech startups um transitioning into the healthcare space what has been some of the major challenges for um maybe um people from silicon valley or people who are tech startup from that kind of culture moving into the healthcare space because i guess it's quite a different um environment and culture it's a completely different uh, culture and environment and and one of the interesting things uh, working with these guys is really to 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 to, to explain how uh, um, the hearing healthcare field is not uh, is not just um, an open shop, so to speak. So 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 it's it's first of all it's it's quite conservative. They are not gonna you're not gonna sell anything uh, to this into this industry until you have a very significant clinical evidence that this is as good or better mm-hmm. as the last thing we did. This is a hearing aid. The speech intelligibility number is like this and like that. So so it's it's quite in that regards it's 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 very clinical. It's quite um, um, conservative. Uh, and and it is um, uh, working with with the uh, with the new technologies. It's 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 different. There are different focus on this. Uh, it is more a matter of providing the right benefits, uh, having technology that does uh, enough and the right thing for the users, and. Um, 
making the product um, interesting and attractive on completely different dimensions than the hearing aids, really. Mm. What kind of um, dimensions, as you just said, what kind of um, and areas interest people for those things as opposed to hearing aids? Um, so, so I think if we could have modern, complete hearing aid technology and feed it into earbuds and selling these at lower prices with different communications to different group of users, that would be a winner. Because there's no doubt that the hearing aid technology is 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 really really good, except when we when it comes maybe to connectivity for for reasons we already discussed. But but there are so many good things to say about the hearing aids. Um, but uh, some of these things uh, like speech intelligibility numbers, uh, like uh, the adaptive modes that they work in and out may not be so relevant and important for these new technologies, which, as I mentioned, is more situational use based. So you use it when you uh, you listen to your television yes. or, or you are in a situation at a restaurant and you want to listen to someone in, in front of you or whatever. And these new technologies, they manage that quite well. They even have the, the same kind of, of, uh, of uh, directionality that some of the more advanced hearing aids use today and, and the noise reduction. So, so, so some of these things are more or less uh, equal, but some of the things that has been developed for more uh, severe uh, hearing losses and that you'll find in, in modern hearing aid technology is not and will not be, I guess, available in these uh, new smart technologies and the, and the earbuds. First of all, because they are not intended for hearing loss yes. compensation. They are intended for situational hearing for people who need a little bit of help in certain situations. Mm. So they will boost and make your hearing and your speech understanding better in certain situations with that kind of technology. But they are not geared, they are not designed, they are not aiming at compensation for a moderate or moderate to severe hearing loss with everything it takes. Mm. So that's a very, very big difference in terms of how you develop it and how you communicate it and how much it takes in terms of processing power. Yeah. Um, how do you see augmented reality and AI playing a role in the adoption of hearables and hearing aids in the future? Like how will the integration of like smart home devices like Google Home, like being able to ask Siri, Alexa or Google, um, what's the weather today? Or can you turn on my bedroom lights, turn on the coffee? Um, how will that? So, so this is another another dimension, which 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 just, uh, I mean, straight ahead, you could say for for these new tech uh, technologies that just connect to Bluetooth devices, because because you can use it and you can go be at home or in the office or in the gym, uh, listening to whatever music you'd like. But you can also with these new augmented technologies, you can allow the world also to enter. So it's not either or. You can have your streamed audio. At whatever level with mixed in with the real world around you at whatever level and you can even do advanced signal processing nice. to filter out the noises so that they're very very smart really and and it also goes many of these they also integrate uh, seamlessly you say with siri and that kind of technologies so you just ask your 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 bots that you wear in your ear when 
listening to the phone, whatever is available with these services, and it is integrated, it works already. So, so you see, it 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 addresses a kind of people who are first of all probably somewhat younger than the traditional hearing aid uh, community. Uh, we know hearing aid users they are, I mean, probably seventy plus years old. But 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 the audience for these new technologies is so significantly different and much much younger until I mean all the way down really to to, to teenagers who want to have just a, a nice uh, set of, of a wireless headset with whatever they can do, and they are much more also. Uh, 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 ready to use these new technologies and it's not I mean uh, my mom would never use a Siri technology with her <laughs> hearing aid or earbuds but but it's not unlikely that I could do it once in a while so so it makes a difference uh, uh, who yes. you talk to what kind of audience you are addressing with these technologies and that is a huge potential with the with the new technologies compared to the hearing aids. Um, the hearing aids has been struggling hearing aid industry for 40, 50, 60 years to try to lower the age, the barrier uh, for, for using hearing aids. And, and, and you really need a very significant hearing loss to people to have people wishing a hearing aid. But the new technologies is something that you want, so you, you desire. So you go and you buy it because you mm. can, because it's not too expensive, because it can provide you with a lot of integration to the world and to your smartphone and to, and goes very much along uh, even uh, with what we called uh, uh, the self-managed uh, yes. healthcare. Uh, so, so you can monitor your physical uh, condition and uh, uh, everything uh, with your bots or with your phone, and uh, and it, it would talk to you and tell you what is going on and what should you be thinking about. Yeah, I think about. it's a very different approach. Um, people coming into the market for hearables and for earbuds, and then coming in from for hearing aids. Completely different. Uh, and 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 I mean, with all due respect, most people who get a hearing aid, they get it because they have a spouse saying it's, it's a now. necessity rather than a... it's a necessity, you know. And 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 that's different, and and which is also an opportunity to me because I think if if we can make these new technologies uh, credible, if we can somehow show that it's not a threat to the business or to the industry altogether, but it may actually be a traffic builder in the professional shops with the audiologist because it works for that segment, for these people and for their grown-up kids who take them to the shop and create some interest and motivation. I think it's a win-win really in the business and probably not going to take away one single hearing aid from the established community. Mm, why, why, you've been working in this industry for 25, 30 years. Why is it so important that you still continue to push innovation and change and drive it? Because a lot of people in your position, I guess, wouldn't be so comfortable um, pushing into the next drive of technology and pushing into the next thing. Why, why is it so important to you? Yeah, I think it's curiosity, really. I've I, I probably always been curious about how things were. And, you know, I, I've had the, the fortune to to have a professional profile. So I have been bridging R&D with marketing always, either from the marketing side towards R&D or from the R&D towards marketing. So, so communicating what are we doing in the marketplace or communicating from the marketplace what should we be doing really. So, so I have been involved in, in the technology 
technology as well in, as in the communication and compliance matters. And I think it's, it's quite natural after all these years. And, and when I was at an, an, a natural break, you could say, coming back uh, from Singapore after almost five years and, and, and having the opportunity to make a change uh, that, that uh, I could do it completely different and, and still feed my curiosity, working with new technologies and, and even using my experience in that area. So, so to me, it's just much more, much more interesting to be in, in, in this field rather than and doing what I'm doing today, rather than doing more of what I have been doing for 25 years. I mean, make no mistake, I loved it, but I think that was a few years back. And at some point, I just realized that, that I can do this differently. And, uh, and it's, it's very rewarding, really. I, I just, it's opening so many new doors in, in, in the same field and area where, where I can contribute. Wow, yeah, because you have a lot of um, wisdom and knowledge from all aspects of of the hearing space, which um, younger people um, who are getting into the technology side may not really know and may not really know where to seek out or where, where to really source that information. Absolutely. 30 years does make a difference, you know, and, and since I have been in so many different areas of, of the hearing healthcare field and working with so many different parties, uh, I, I have gathered a lot of, of knowledge and information and I just love sharing that really and, and working with, with uh, young people and startup companies who need that kind of information and, and uh, trying to to make a difference you know still it's still important to me to, to make a difference and i think we can make a difference in this field and i can make a difference by by working with the with with new kind of com companies rather than the established big five who are excellent at what they are doing anyways do you see um new technologies aiding in the proliferation of like better hearing health across developing countries and countries which maybe do not have access to hearing aids or do not have the resources to buy hearing aids absolutely absolutely so, so there, there, there are a couple of of aspects in this there's the infrastructure whether or not uh, things are available whether or not there are audiologists available i mean audiologists is a scarce resource all over the world <laughs> And, and, and in countries and in countries that are not as, as advanced as, as our part of the world, uh, it's not it's not number one in society to make sure that there's hearing helpers. So 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 there's no doubt that some of these new technologies will be uh, a welcome uh, technologies in, in some of these societies, and they can do they can do a lot. Uh, I mean, again, if people need a hearing aid. People need a hearing aid, but a lot of people would need some hearing assistance at a slow, at a significantly lower price. And and at the, and this is where the the the, the technologies uh, will be will be interesting and relevant and and able to make a difference really. Not least again because they are developed for situational hearing, and and I believe a lot of people uh, in third world and, and, and in places where they they uh, they. Uh, face these issues but are not able to handle them really they would be well off with situational hearing compensation and with technologies which does not need a an audiologist to to adjust and to fine-tune and this just works pretty much out of the box uh, and if not 
you can probably uh, get help uh, via yes. internet or uh, from someone who does not necessarily uh, have a, a high education. So, so I sh- I'm sure that it, it, it can potentially make a difference in, in, in that part of the wow. world. Um, yeah, because even like India at the moment is getting what like one million one million new smartphones every month or some some crazy statistic like that statistics but 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 i think it's important to me to say that that i don't see these devices taking over the conventional hearing aid market i, I don't see it happen uh, but i do see it yeah i do see uh, uh, this the supplement uh, they supplement the market in a very very important way uh, with with uh, some of the uh, technologies and and uh, uh, abilities uh, that that's needed for people uh, in, in in that world that cannot afford a hearing aid or do not want a hearing aid, and and you know we have seen for thirty years uh, different technologies, uh, um, old-fashioned hearing aids, uh, wired hearing aids, body, uh, body body-worn aids, hearing yeah. aids that that we have been seeing in 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 some of these third-world countries uh, for many 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 years. Some of it is good stuff. Some of it is really lousy stuff. And and I think we can do a much better job with with some of the new technologies, uh, uh, including the integration to their smartphones. Wow. Yeah, because rolling out hearing aids is quite an expensive thing. You need the audiologists. You need the hearing aids. You need resources. Maybe ENTs. You need a whole team of people. And that's just not going to happen from one day to the other. It, not even in Denmark, in Denmark, where hearing aids are free. I mean, there's still a lack of audiologists. I, I, I suppose it's the same thing in Australia. I know it's the same thing in most of the places in, in, in this world. So, so it's, it's not, it's not going to happen. And so, so I, think it's, it's, I think it's fine to have different technologies that does not need, does not take an audiologist because... The problem they are going to solve is different from a hearing aids, uh, which I would always say would need an audiologist and a qualified service provider. Yes, I think that's um, kind of a reassurance for audiologists that even though that there are these new technologies coming out, there will still be a market for our services. So this, this is this is part of, of, of what I try to to, to educate uh, the audiologists that, that there's no reason to be scared uh, about these technologies. Definitely not going to take away the business. It's definitely got not going to change uh, uh, their ability to make money on hearing aids like they do it today. But it's probably going to add some opportunity to all the people that leave their shops and decide that I don't need it anyways. I don't really need it because this or because that. And all audiologists know that. I mean, the biggest challenge is to keep people in their shops and have them leave with a hearing aid. If some of those people who is not going to leave with a hearing aid is going to leave with some of these new technologies because it's actually sufficient and it's actually serving the purpose that these people come for and it's on top of that cool, uh, then it's a win-win. And, and uh, there's no reason for the audiologists to, to be to be concerned about that. Yes, It's not going to take the audiology business away. I think one thing really important, which I've been speaking with um, other people about, is that if we as audiologists are only providing the service of fitting hearing aids, we're not going to survive. Because if that's all we're doing, the OTCs, the hearables, yeah. 
the hearing aid companies are going to take that over. But if we are serving them in a patient-centered way, providing that rehabilitation and providing that that kind of area, we'll be really differentiating ourselves from um, the other things in the market. And, and, and there's a lot that goes with a successful hearing aid fitting uh, and follow-up. And, and it is important. It's very important that, that the audiologists understand to distinguish the package price from what is the price of the device and what is the price of the service I provide and what else can we do and what else do the customers need and to understand how it is possible to still make a reasonable business out of this uh, even if the technology has a different uh, price and 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 if it's just considered um, I mean it's it's three thousand five four thousand dollars when I see a client it's 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 not good enough they need to understand what is what is it and what is it that I offer and how can I sell this to to the, to the clients yes and what value is it providing them in their specific yeah, situation so, 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 so that's that's part of that's part of their journey, and uh, and I'm sure. I mean, there's 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 a way, and uh, uh, attending attending the the, the big uh, audiology conventions. Um, uh, we are looking into uh, OEHA in Germany next month. Um, uh, we have uh, uh, AAA in the U.S. A lot of the courses is really about these days about. So don't be don't be uh, too worried. Don't be concerned. Uh, make sure you understand your own business. Make sure you know what you offer. Make sure that uh, your customers, your clients, understand what are the services. Even from the audiologist's own side, they try to educate one another internally, and that's very very important. You've been part of this industry for thirty years. Um... Can you give me as an example of maybe one of the major changes to the scope of practice for audiologists which has happened and maybe something which you see will change in the future? So I think uh, lately we have seen a development uh, to um, remotely service customers uh, via new digital platforms. Uh, this this is something that also a lot of audiologists has been uh, struggling a bit with. Is this a good thing? How does it work? Uh, it's not only remote fitting, but it's also maybe uh, less than that or adjustment and such fine tuning. Um, but I think it has made a difference to those uh, who grab that opportunity and see that they do need, uh, they do not need to spend so much time on having people coming in and the people don't need to travel two or three hours to go to the audiologist uh, after having uh, a time appointment. But it's something that you can do in the fly. And I think that has been changing a lot uh, to a lot of audiologists already. Um, the next uh, big thing is really to get a grip on what is happening in this OTC field and, and whether or not it is or is not a big thing uh, with, with, the, with the slightly different technologies and earbuds and uh, uh, why it is not a threat and uh, getting, getting uh, uh, comfortable with having these different kinds of technologies. I mean, a hearing aid has been a hearing aid more or less advanced, but it's been a hearing aid for so many years. And this has been what the audiologist has been doing. I think the audiologist, and not least the good audiologist, they need to be able to distinguish between these different kinds of technologies. Just like 
uh, at some point they had to get used to, ah, I can get a streamer for television listening with my... And this has been gradual development and they have over the years got used to, ah, this makes sense. We include that also in the portfolio. there's a new inclusion in portfolio coming up here with these new technologies. And, and, and this has got to change to the successful audiologist, the business, because it's an opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also going to develop new markets for those uh, who only want to do that, who are not audiologists, but who want to help uh, people who want to buy some smart gadget. Uh, so it's a neighboring business, but it's not necessarily a competitor. Oh, okay. Um... I think there's a lot of more uh, changes which are going to happen with e-health and m-health integrating into rehab oh, and fittings and adjustments and all all that through yeah absolutely and 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 with with smart technologies and and with the ability to have have your your monitor just uh, in your hands and and always uh, the 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 possibility to to record or to to lock events and situations and have it all communicated either to your audiologist or maybe to your own network something and 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 do what is needed is 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 a huge opportunity opportunity is also going to change the way we use uh, um, not only hearing aids but but uh, healthcare devices altogether uh, as part of this so-called self-managed hearing uh, self-managed health uh, care uh, which is I mean for so many areas but it's also hearing health care and at some point you would need professional assistance and uh, it's just one push button away with these new technologies and either you send a message or uh, give a, a call or whatever it takes it's really easy and and has never been easier really to get the needed help uh, just right yeah, immediately the time and the place you need it instead of a week later a month exactly. later exactly so 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 that's that's a wonderful development with with all these technologies and the, with the with the integration to 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 other technologies um, one of the concerns I s- i'm just thinking around that is that um how do audiologists then juggle how how many in-person appointments you book versus online appointments you book versus this and that <laughs> yeah I, that would be I, I a very really interesting not- Business, you know, I don't, I don't know. That that's that's for the good audiologist yeah. to know that. And whether hearing aid companies are going to launch call centers for that for that support, or whether interesting, interesting idea, interesting idea. And I know, I mean, I know that some of these new uh, tech companies they are they are considering what kind of of support base they can create, how they can support their customers if they need something here and now online, uh, what it takes, and uh, and if they can connect it to kiosks or other kind of of online uh, technologies, so that they're always available for support. So so it is definitely happening uh, in 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 all camps, I think. Um... What do you see as the benefit of brick and mortar stores versus purely online? Wow. So since we are still um, a healthcare business and and uh, and everything we do in this uh, in the hearing aid business is very closely associated to 
um, to credibility, to medical device, to uh, having people uh, feel that they are in good hands. So, so as long as this is the case, and I think it will always be the case for, for hearing devices, you would want to go and meet someone who you trust someone who you look into his eyes, her eyes, and feel that you get a good service and this people, this person is doing something good for you. And, and, and uh, online is, is going to supplement that business, but it's definitely not going to take away uh, the need to come and see someone in, in a real shop and, and have consultation and maybe even have this device in your hands. And even more so for the hearing aid uh, business than for the smart uh, bot companies because, because, I mean, the need is not that big. If you order uh, $2.99, you get it and it probably works. And if not, you just uh, send back a message or something. But for the hearing aids that you have, you have invested in this, and it's not as easy as a matter of fact it's quite complicated stuff you want to go and see someone so 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 one of the things that we have seen over the last few years is an increased online sale of hearing aids all brands all brands um but without uh, support so people buy these cheaper hearing aids online and then they go to their dispenser and ask for support. And if the dispenser does not at this point already understand what is the difference between my price and the service I provide and know that this is for the technology and this is for the fitting and this is for the counseling and this is for the whatever you provide, then they feel and for good reasons, uh, in a very bad situation, having people coming in with an instrument they have bought cheaper on the on the on, on online, and and then they want the audiologist to do the service associated. For what price? What is the price for that? So so the audiologists need to be prepared for that. Uh, yeah, being able but, to differentiate uh, that, the service by you, yeah, from your product. Absolutely. absolutely. Absolutely, and 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 I don't, I don't, I really don't believe that that that, that uh, professional uh, hearing care service is going to happen without uh, professional audiologists being involved one way or the other. Um, so 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 the shops they are they are going to uh, remain. Uh, it's not going to disappear. Um, you were saying that hearing it's a targeted more towards more serious cases and the major demographic for us at the moment is more elderly with press producers over the age of 70 and I think that really speaks to the demographic who are seeking hearables and who are seeking um, consumer electronic um, assisted devices that they're more probably more comfortable seeking online help and online services um, absolutely do you think there is maybe in the future room for those companies to move into the brick and mortar stores um, in delivering service and help to their customers? Some of the new tech companies you're talking about, the new tech? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I think this is, I mean, I would like, if there's something I, I would like to do still, I would like to, I would like to assure uh, the audiologists that some of these new technologies, some of these new good technologies, would be beneficial for the audiologist shop as well as for the audience, for the community who need that kind of technology rather than having a hearing aid. 
and 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 uh, if I could do something good in this world, I think that would be to to uh, to prove to these uh, audiologists that that the good technology is actually good technology. It's good for you. It's good for the users, and it's 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 nothing to be scared about. And they should include it in their portfolio. So I think that there's gonna be plenty of room for for that kind of technology in in those shops, uh, and and we will see that. And a lot of people will still prefer to sit in front of someone or to talk at least to someone who can tell you what is this and what is that. But it takes so much less support and 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 uh, uh, time to explain how it works and what it does and why it's good compared to a hearing aid. So it's it's a different business model, but it's still nice to have someone credible in front of you talking about what you have and what. People are different. Some people like it that way. Some people would buy, I don't know, a house uh, on the internet because they know exactly what they are doing. So we are different and we need different kind of That's support. That's so funny you say that. I was just watching a YouTube video and um, this real estate broker just sold a $30 million house on FaceTime. You see, <laughs> you see, and some and some people and some people uh, they would never buy anything if if uh, I mean uh, beyond ten thousand dollars if they have not been there and seen it and assessed. Not even ten thousand like dollars. Some not some even people 10, don't even want to spend two dollars online. <laughs> I know. I know. So 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 for that very reason, we are going to see uh, this is going to happen, and there will be different markets for different uh, kind of people. Um, just before we wrap up, um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to uh, maybe somebody who's just transitioned into management and are not really sure how they're going to approach it and how they're going to transition, how they're going to progress in their in their career? Maybe just one piece of advice um, to encourage them. So first of all, so first of all, as I said, I, I think young audiologists they are still the same as they yes. always were. Make sure they are comfortable what they what they do and they understand the proposition and why we do what we do and why it's not a bad thing. I mean, this this is important for the manager to to understand that and to understand and to have enough empathy to work with uh, the, the kind of people who are audiologists who are often, I mean, warm-hearted people rather than 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 tech nerds uh, so 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 i mean the, the management style uh, needs to go uh, along with that uh, consideration um uh, otherwise uh, i would say there's only one way is open-mindedness so so don't be conservative and don't be too uh, concerned in terms of what we can do things are going to change and if you're going to be a successful manager in the corporate uh, business, then you better be prepared for everything that is going to happen and make sure you understand what are the technologies rather than ridiculating them, rather than talking about this is not going to happen, how difficult this is going to be for everything, uh, for everybody who is not part of this or that. So because it is going to happen and, and, and a, good, a good manager, I think, would understand all the different aspects and would understand uh, the need to to go deep really in in these technologies and understand the business propositions and how we can do things differently uh, from what we have been doing for many years and yet and yet uh, still be part of the corporate world that that has so much 
valuable um, um, heritage uh, from so many years of successful business. Really, I don't know if it makes yes, sense. Yes, absolutely. That that makes a lot of sense. I think it makes more sense than my question. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. All right. Um, yeah, thanks so much, Joel. It was a really great conversation um, we had today. Really appreciate all all the amazing insights you provided across the board from tech startups to corporate life to hearables. My pleasure. My pleasure. Yeah, hearing it's all that. I, I think uh, over the years, not least, I, I developed my own sense of, of of uh, being curious about things and open-minded and uh, 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 I've always I mean I've always been the, the been the, the ambassador to external partnerships and uh, and uh, uh, I think in my life at least if I given advice to keeping all the doors open and keep the relationships open and work with as many different kind of partners being a, a Brent Edwards here or being a, a, a hearing dispenser there or community uh, university professors I mean um, it's it, it it's it's a, it's a wonderful way to to keep an open mind and to get so many different aspects of what is happening. So my, my strongest advice is really to open all doors and try to have a, an ongoing relationship with all these different segments in, in, in our Amazing. business. Amazing. Yeah, I've been speaking with and messaging a whole range of people recently and I've just gotten into this audiology space and it's been amazing to see that. Yeah. I thought it was just hearing aids. <laughs> But there's it's much more than there's people aids. doing outreach. But, there's people doing hearing aids research, audiologists, clinics. There's a huge range within this industry itself, and it's been amazing speaking with people and getting different opinions on different sides of the coin. So Joel, um, I would just love for you to just maybe give the audience where they can find you. Um, uh, I can be reached by my LinkedIn, which is Joel Bailin, simply. And uh, my email would be joel at globalaudiology.com. Everybody's more than welcome to contact me and uh, for a discussion or whatever. Wonderful. I will definitely put that in the link below. Good. Thank you so much, Joel, once again. It was amazing speaking it's with you. It's been a pleasure talking to you today. Thank you once again for tuning into episode 5 of the show. I really appreciate your time and effort you've taken to delve deeper into the world of audiology. I hope you've enjoyed my conversation with Yol and his amazing insights into the intricacies of the audiology profession. He's provided so much depth in knowledge and wisdom into the different areas of audiology and i hope it's really provided value for you if you've liked it please consider liking and subscribing if you're on youtube and please consider sharing it with your friends and colleagues if you really found it valuable i hope to see you on next week's episode